in a series called The Sacrifice Code. In other words, are you sacrificing correctly? When you're busting your behind, putting in all that energy at work, in your family, in your career, is it being done with the right motives? And I've just been trying to, you know, kind of punch you everywhere that I think I need to punch you. And hopefully at the end of this series, at the end of July, you will be a better sacrificer. We have been in uh, the New Testament for most of the sermons I've been preaching. Today we're going to do a little, a little switch. We are going to go to the Old Testament, a passage you already know many times. Uh, the story of Abraham and Isaac in Genesis 22. If you don't mind... Kindly stand with me as we get to Genesis 22 and read it for our meditation today. Genesis 22, kindly stand with me as we read God's word together. And uh, you're going to need your Bibles today because I didn't put it on the screen. So you're going to have to turn to your Bibles, whether you slide or you flip, whatever you got to do, go ahead and do that. Genesis 22, Genesis, the book of beginnings. If you want to know how it started and how it's going to end, you better begin in the book of Genesis. And uh, if you got it, say, Pastor, read on. Pastor, read on. Should I read? All right, read on, read on. This is what it says in verse number one. After... These things God tested Abraham. And somebody is there today after the struggle, after being fired, after losing somebody you love. Somebody's right there today. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here. I am. Here I am. Now, right here is where the tension picks up in the text. And I just want you to listen to the tension. He said, God, take your son, Dr. Mike. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, Sister Pat, whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, one of them, of which I shall tell you. Jump to verse 9. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there, sacrifice, and laid wood in order. And bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top, on top of the wood. Then Abraham, brother Yonatan, reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But, I don't like buts sometimes, but there are some buts I do like. 
But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said again, here I am. <laughs> he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. At the end of verse 12, we see a man who is willing to give up his son. And the question I have for you, are you willing to give it up? Are you willing to give up the thing that you love? And therefore, reflecting on this thought, I invented the title. Watch this. Have everything. Possess nothing. Let us pray. Father God, thank you. Speak to us today. We need it. Help us. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Feminists have this famous phraseology they like to use. My body, my choice. They like to say this because they are speaking about the independence of their body. Who is the government to tell me what I should do with my body? If I feel like I don't want to keep the baby, I don't want to keep the baby. My body, my choice. Whether you believe in this statement or not, it's not my concern. But my concern is that you and I have a relationship with the pronoun my. <laughs> we have a good relationship with the pronoun my. My shoes, my shirt, my car, my wife, my husband, my job, my church. Are you feeling what I'm saying? This relationship comes out in many, many places. Sister Nina, the moment you get your degree from the rector or the president of the university, you, you say already, my degree. When the child is born, my child. When you get in a relationship, my relationship. When you have, a, you have parents, uh, my parents. I've learned, however, that not all my's are created equal. Then my child, after one year of marriage, <laughs> is different from my child after IVF treatments, after miscarriages, after seven years. My degree, after one year of a master's program, is different from my degree after six years of study. Not all my eyes are created equal. And perhaps you are at that place today, is that the mind you have in your life, you have worked hard for it. You have sweated for it. It's precious to you. You would die before you would ever lose your mind. You would cry if somebody wanted to take your mind. 
When I was in, in, in high school, Dickie, I, I loved playing American football. I don't look like it now, but I wasn't this small. I, I had a little bit of muscle on me, you feel me? I, I, I could flex. I, 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 so certain things didn't fit me right. I, I'm a little bit smaller because God said, you, you flex your muscle for the gospel. But, but I'm in high school, and, and I'm loving American football. I'm loving the, the third. I'm loving tackling somebody. I, I'm loving going to the gym and sweating. And then I come home one day, and my, my, my dad says to me, Henry, you are not doing as good in school. You're, you're getting C's and D's. Therefore, this year you're not playing football. Allow me to help you to understand that I felt like I broke up with somebody. <laughs> I felt like my life was over. <laughs> Because to me, football was my mind. Football was the thing I lived for. Football was the thing that I breathed for. I never thought, Sister Lydia, I could live a life without football. But I do it now. I don't even think about football that much. And I need you to understand that we all have that mind. That we are willing to die for. In our text today, we have a man. He can finally say, my son. See, to Abraham, Isaac was, that, was not just a son. Isaac was the eraser of his shame. Because before Abraham was Abraham, he was Abram. Abram means exalted father. But how can he be an exalted father without kids? God changes his name to Abraham because it means a father of many. Now, Brother Zotarsa, he can be a father of many because he has the kid. Abraham represented the promises of God. Abraham, uh, Isaac said to Abraham, God keeps his word. And when Abraham looked at Isaac, he loved nothing more. He loved nothing better. Isaac was Abraham's mind. But as he is finally moving from a season of struggle to a season of sweetness, he gets a WhatsApp message from God. And notice the WhatsApp message from God. The Bible says, after these things, in other words, after the kid has come, after the struggle has ended, after Abraham is an exalted father, the Bible says God came. He was in between a season of struggle and in a season of sweetness. Brother Johan, he could finally settle down. But at that moment, God says, I got a message for you. And somebody today is in that, in that season. You have moved from struggle to sweetness. The debt is gone. The weight is off. The degree, you got it. The kid, you have. You are now in a season of sweetness. But allow me to let you know, it's often in that season where you transition from struggle to sweetness that God sends you a test. Please be ready. It's coming. Please be ready. It's going to knock on your door. <laughs> You're happy about the promotion today? Praise the Lord. But God is coming. <laughs> You're happy in a relationship 
and enjoying love and sending heart emojis and going out to eat at a restaurant, God is coming with a test. It's often in the seasons that I feel like I've preached my greatest sermons, God comes with the test. It's when I feel like I'm succeeding that God says, let's talk. God says, I need us to look at this a little bit, a little bit more. So there comes a time that God will come for the thing that you like. There comes a time when God is coming for the thing you love. And the only way to negotiate out of the request of God is to give it up. God, God, this is my only son. God says, I want him. God, this job means a lot to me. God says, I want it. My son is everything to me. God says, I want it. Lord, my, my degree, I struggled hard. I was a working student. My parents didn't have enough to support me. God says, I want it. The only way you're going to get out of it is to give it up. Sacrifice code. And so here God comes for the man's only beloved son. And a lot of people have looked at God's request as strange. How can God ask a man to sacrifice his son? This is a loving God. This is a good God. This is a merciful God. Why would he ask for something strange? Doesn't it, question, doesn't it make you question God sometimes? That he asks you for strange things. That God sometimes does not behave the way you want him to behave. God sometimes does not answer the prayer that you want him to answer. You pray for healing. God allows death. You, fail, you pray for a promotion. God allows a demotion. You want the relationship to last. God says break it off. You want the way to go. You're trying everything. But you seem to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the question is, why does God sometimes behave in ways that we don't understand? Why does God sometimes ask you and I to do things that don't make sense? Why is God there sometimes making us suffer? Haven't you wondered? Oftentimes, when God behaves in ways we don't understand, we start to doubt him. I have received texts. Pastor, God allowed my family member to die. Why should I be praying? I got, I've gotten those texts. Not once, not twice, many times. And I'm there trying to fumble around and answer, trying to encourage a brother or a sister. No, 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 it's not like that. But yes, it is like that. Yes, God didn't answer your prayer. God didn't come through. It is like that. And those of us who are weak in faith, <laughs> we're ready to say, I don't care about God no more. Those of us who are weak in faith, we stop to give. We stop to serve. Because somehow God is not fitting my expectations. He's not doing what I want him to do. But hear me now. It's in the unusual behavior of God. <laughs> We receive an upgrade in our theology which clears the machet of faith. One of the things here in Jakarta, <laughs> Brother Irwin is 
machete is a, is a big problem. In fact, there are times I don't travel at certain times because of machete. I calculate my schedule. And let me just say this. I love my job because one of the things that my job allows me to do, flexibility. I can call you when I want to call you. I can text you when I want to text you. I can go out when I want to, to go out. When you take, Pastor, can you come? I'm not sure if this is a good time. Can we make it for seven? Because I'm thinking about the machet. Are you understand what I'm saying? The machet keeps me from moving. It keeps me from making progress. And a lot of times because we are comfortable with God, we're comfortable with who we think he is, therefore our faith is stuck like in a traffic jam unwilling to move. So God says, you know what? I'm going to make it uncomfortable for you. You know what? I'm going to make it difficult so that you can move in faith. Those amens, we're stuck in traffic, but that's all right. Notice when God's, God comes uh, to Abraham, God tested Abraham. Scholars, they bomb this text and, and they, they say, this cannot be God. And you know why they say that? They say that because the text does not use the common name for God. It uses an uncommon name for God. Instead of using Yahweh or El Shaddai or El Elyon, it uses Ha Elohim. In fact, in Hebrew, it's the gods. So it's not a singular God. It's, a, it's like a generic, generic name for God. It's not a specific flavor. When I go to, uh, to one of my favorite restaurants, it's a, it's a good place. I hope you're going to go there one day. I love to drink kombucha. <clears throat> Kombucha is nice, but when I go to drink kombucha, I don't drink any kind of flavor. I go for honey lemon. That's my favorite. Every time it's honey lemon. That's my favorite flavor. And some of us, God is like honey lemon. We don't see anything else. And in this text, people are saying, God is not honey lemon. God is something else, so he must not be God. Uh, but, I, but I looked it up. I did a little bit of research. I don't know what's happening with the screen. When you look at this passage and compare it with Exodus 20, verse 20, you see something. That in Exodus 20, verse 20, we also have God, Ha Elohim, testing the people of Israel. And in Exodus 20, verse 20, we know clearly that it is God. So one scholar says, wait a minute, let's slow down. Because the Ha Elohim in Genesis 21, verse 22, verse 1, is the same God. In Exodus 20, verse 20, what he was trying to help us to understand is that a lot of times when God appears in this way, he's about to bring a test to his people. He's about to bring himself in a way that people do not understand of him yet. If you're with me, say amen. No, you're not with me, so I don't believe it. It's fine. So I'm going to get you to get with me. When Ha Elohim appears by itself, it's God trying to stretch a person so that the person can move in faith. God is trying to clear up the machet so that faith can move. So we see Ha Elohim in Genesis 22 verse 1. And I want you to see something. If that happens before Genesis 22, so you can get what I'm trying to tell you. 
in Genesis 21, watch this now. Abraham is now celebrating a season of sweetness. Ishmael has been banished. Isaac has now been established. Abraham is happy with God. So, so, so now, Abraham, he plants a tree and he comes up with a new name of God. The text says, the everlasting God. When you look at it in Hebrew, it's El Olam. Abraham is now happy to know is that his problems are not bigger than his God. His God has everlasted over his childlessness. His God has everlasted over his 25 years of having no child. His God has protected him after Lot has left him and made him to choose a place not so desirable. So Abraham is saying, my God can outlast it. My God can beat it. Abraham is seeing a new side of God. That is why the text is saying, Ha Elohim. But Abraham thinks he understands God. Abraham thinks he understands this everlasting God, but he doesn't get it. That is why God is giving Abraham a test. Because though he thinks he understands God, he doesn't get him. You're not hearing me. Though Abraham thinks he knows God, he doesn't get him. Because a human mind cannot conceive of God. A human mind cannot understand God. So God says, Abraham, you think I'm the everlasting God. Let's see. If I test you, you can say the same thing. Oh. So you think God is good that you got in the job. But is God still good when you lose the job? Is God still good when somebody has died in your family? Is God still good when you're diseased? Because it's easy to praise God when things are good. But can you give the same energy when things are bad? Yeah, when you're frustrated at the office, when you're frustrated with your son, frustrated with your father, frustrated with your mother, can you still say praise the name of Jesus? When they've told you it's terminal stage four, can you still say praise the name of the Lord? Is God still the same? Even when things are strange. So God, listen to this. See, God is not interested to be read about. God is interested to be related to. You see, I, I love Abraham's uh, new name for God. He says, because of what I've gone through, I can see that God truly come through. So he is the everlasting God. My question is, what do you call God in your life? You know, one of, one of the perks of being in a relationship is that a Susan becomes my baby. Or you guys will say, Sayang. <laughs> because you're talking about your experience with that particular individual. Are you feeling what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so you give them a name that is, is 
is equivalent to your relationship. Some of you, the names you have given, those who you love is devil. You know what I mean? Because the relationship is devilish. You know what I mean? And my question is, how are you relating to God? Do you have a baby for God? You feel what I'm saying? Do you have a name for your experience with God? Or are you simply saying the same generic names, Yahweh, El Shaddai, El this, El that? There comes a time that God says, I want to go beyond the religion of your father, Maria. I want to go beyond the religion of your mom, Yoel. I want you to know me. I want you to relate to me. So Abraham is showing us that God is interested in being related to. And whatever name you give God, it should be a name from experience. And right here, as Abraham is busy calling God El Olam, that is when God says, test time. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. So God tests Abraham. We might pause right here and say, Brother Johan, why God? The man has suffered long enough. 25 years without a baby. Now he has a baby. Now, God, you want to take that? Don't you also ask questions like that too? That God doesn't seem to make sense? You cannot figure him out? You give the tithe that he says give, but the windows of heaven are closed. Tutu. Tutu. Tidahujan. Tutu. Nothing is falling. You keep God first. <laughs> but nothing is being added. Tiratamba. <laughs> nothing is being added. <laughs> Lord, I keep you first. I give money. I go to church. But nothing is being added. It seems like God is only <laughs> taking from you. I ask myself, God, why? Are you testing Abraham? I mean... God, why not ask for his camel? Why his son? Why not ask for his servant or ask for his favorite donkey or ask for his newest tent or ask for, for one of his, God, something else but his son. The other day, I went out to run and uh, our coach said, do 20 laps around the track. If you know the running track or Track and field is that a lap is about 400 meters. And if you do 400 meters 20 times, that is about 8.4 meters. I really had to calculate that before I preached, you know, because math is a little bit challenging. But I just said it and he got it right away. He's a math guru right here. So he said run 20 laps around the track. But my coach said we're going to do it in a series of four. So you run four, you rest for a minute and 30 seconds. So the first one, man, I was like a champ, you know, running, boom, 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 I'm feeling good. The second one, I'm feeling good. The third one, I'm feeling good. The fourth one, I'm feeling kind of good. And when I finished the fourth one, I said, Coach, instead of me resting a minute and 30 seconds, Stephanie, can I rest for two minutes? The coach said, nah, you start to run. And so I was tired, gassing myself. 
So I started to run lap number 17. And as I got through 200 meters, I stopped. I said, no, I can't do it. I stopped. But then it clicked to me. It clicked to me that my coach is trying to expand me. My coach is trying to help me to withstand the struggle. So I started running again. And praise the Lord, I was able to finish it to lap number 20. Allow me to drop it to you like this. You are going through things today. They are tough today. They don't make sense. But God is trying to expand you. God is trying to help you to withstand the storm. God is saying, keep your feet still. They're saying stuff, stay still. You don't know where the faith is going to come from? Keep moving, keep moving, keep pushing. I'm with you. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it another day. God says, don't worry, I got your back. It was hard to preach to a camera for two years. I saw nobody, but the Lord says, preach, brother. Extend, brother. And today, that's why I get so excited because I'm happy to see you. Hey, you, you, know what, you don't know what that means for me to see you and connect with you and, and, and touch people. It's, it's, it's a tough place to be when you cannot connect with people. And that's why God is allowing you to go through tough times today. Because he needs you to expand. He needs you to expand. Some of you are in tough marriages today, not talking. Yeah, you're sitting together on the same chair, but you haven't talked this morning. Mm -hmm. God is saying, expand your forgiveness. Amen, somebody. Mm -hmm. Amen. Praise the name of the, of the Lord. We can't come in God's church and be mad at each other. No, here we to praise the name of the Lord. The, 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 the boss has given you a KPI. You don't even have the degree. You don't have a degree qualified to meet the KPI. But God says, expand. You don't know how to get a hold of that temper. God says, expand. Be more patient. Be more kind. So I love the fact that my coach said, Henry, run. Push through. Yeah, brother and sister, tests are no fun. You may not want to give up. You may want to give up or quit. But if you do, you rob yourself the opportunity to expand and withstand. So, so I, I want you to understand that a lot of us look at the story of Abraham and Isaac. We say this is a story about uh, God showing us what Jesus would do on the cross. This is a story about how God provides for our needs. This is a story about how we should be strong in faith. No, this is not that kind of story. This is a story that tests a man. That's what the story is about. Testing Abraham. And I'm glad, watch this, I'm glad that Abraham passed the test. And God gave him an A+. Plus. Notice what God says. Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you, I know you, fear God. Seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. What was the test God was after? God was after Abraham's heart. He wanted to see if Abraham was willing to give it all up for him. God wanted to see 
If Abraham was willing to have everything while possessing nothing. He said, Valerie, get this one. This one's for you. This one's for somebody who thinks that if they have the job, they have everything. If they have the relation, they have No. This is the message for somebody who thinks that having something gives everything. No. That having everything is when God is number one and everything else is number two. When God is one, two, three, then you have everything. While you possess nothing. And this is the place that if we are truly going to grow in faith, we got to get to. A father tells a story of, uh, of his little girl. His little girl, Dr. Mike, anytime the father touched the doll, the little girl growled. That's my toy, daddy. The daddy touched the pillow. The little girl growled. That's my pillow, daddy. The father was scratching his head. Because, number one, it was his chromosomes that contributed to creating the girl. X, Y, you know what I'm saying? His contribution made her. His money paid for the doll. His money paid for the roof. But any time the father touched what the daughter claimed to be hers, she growled at the father who had provided everything for her. Should I say it? Let me say it. Some of us, we do the same thing with God. We tell God, God, don't touch my job. Don't touch my money. Don't touch my relationship. God is saying, I gave you. God says, I need you to serve in the church. God, I don't got no time for that. I'm busy. <laughs> like you created time. And too many of us, we are at that place, possessed by things. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm also possessed by things. And it's a struggle sometimes to pray. It's a struggle sometimes because somehow Instagram and, and Facebook take my attention <laughs> because I want to catch up on what happened in the NBA <laughs> I don't give God. Sometimes it's prepare a sermon or call somebody or uh, watch a movie. Today, sweet God told me, Henry, you are mine. You wouldn't live if it wasn't for me. You can't preach if it wasn't for me. The clothes you wear, if it wasn't, you wouldn't have it. I gave you. Now when I'm asking, you're growling at me. Does that make sense to you? It don't make sense to me. Abraham got to the place that he had everything, but he possessed nothing. In other words, he was willing to let his son go to make God a priority in his life. And the question is, are you willing to let God go so that he can be a priority in your life? I want to end it on this today. It's a statement written by one of the, 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 the authors I've been reading. It's quite interesting. Because this author, A.W. Tozer, says something quite interesting. He says, Brother Jack, it's good to see you. Praise the name of the Lord. He says this. 
when God created everything, he made sure to create the environment first. That is why human beings were created on day number six. Because God wanted to repay everything, Brother Erwin, so that man could enjoy. But sin came into the picture. The thing that God created for man's enjoyment became the object of man's worship. That is why you love money. That's why you love things. Because you think money and things and people make life. But no, God created those things for you to enjoy life. To, 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 to give you a better quality of life. But understanding that he is a creator and I'm the creature. And that whatever I have, whatever I possess is to be ultimately good for him. And here is the problem. Listen to me, Sister Nina. This is the problem. We take what is external and put it internal. And what is supposed to be internal, we make it external. In other words, he switched places. The creation takes place of the creator. You have not sacrificed yet until God is number one. I don't care what you're giving. I don't care who you're giving it for. I don't care if you're giving money to the poor. Those on the street. But if God is not number one, you haven't given yet. So God is interested with your heart. think the bank keeps our money safe we think a person is going to keep our emotions safe but nothing is safe until you have given it to God nothing what I've learned about life is that Things are not always stable. There are times when my parents don't call me and they wonder if they love me. There are times when the money is short. There are times I'm having relational problems. There are times I'm struggling. And those moments remind me that God is the only one who can be stable. And as long as I have him, I have everything I need. Somebody today needs to make God everything. God needs to be everything. Anybody like that? God needs to be everything. That's for the first group. For somebody, God becoming everything is saying, you know what? I'm giving my life over to Jesus. You've never been baptized. You've never made a public declaration for your love for Jesus. I want you to know that you can do that. 
We've already had two baptisms this year. We're having another one in September. God has given us three people already, and by September we're going to have six. Perhaps you can be number seven, number eight. I don't know. Pastor, I don't want to be, sh I'm shy. I don't want to stand up and, and say I'm giving my life away. This is cool. See me at the end of the service. I'll help you out. And for somebody, you're facing a struggle and a storm today. You don't know how you're going to make it. I came to tell you, hold on to God. Don't let him go. He's got you. He just wants you to expand, to withstand. Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Father God, you have seen your people. You know what it is that they want. You know what it is that they need. Father, as your manservant, I, I just stand in the gap for them and I pray, Father, please help them. There is that brother and that sister who needs to make you everything. Please give them that commitment to do that. Somebody today needs to give their life over to you. I pray they may have the same courage to do the same. Somebody today, Lord, needs to, to continue withstanding so that they can expand. I ask you, Father, to give expansion power today. Bless us, oh God, because we want to have everything but possess nothing. Strengthen us and lead us. In the awesome and mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you. Yeah, yeah, I know that that word did something to you and you want to respond. And I want to give you the opportunity to respond. The number is on the screen. Reach out to us. To us. We want to pray with you. We want to counsel you. We want to study with you. And perhaps today you're saying you want to give your life over to Jesus. That is the best decision you can ever make. And you can make that too. We are here to serve your needs. We're here to take care of you. And we'd be more than glad to help you transition to the level of faith you need to live. If the Lord has inspired you to partner with, with us in ministry, please do the same as well. The account number is on the screen. And please give us uh, any love gift in any amount that God has inspired you to give. And I, I bet and I believe that it is going to take us to the next level of proclaiming the love of Jesus. May God bless you. And I'm going to see you very soon. Take care.